This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. guests for this special episode of the low strangers are two people i've been trying to get on this podcast for a very very long time but apparently according to them they are quite busy a lot of the time so how i've managed to do this i will never know but i'm very happy to welcome the kit staff steve hooper and jonah isaacs onto the low strangers firstly steve hello hi rich nice to speak to you finally finally and jonah hello are uh, you right? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm a bit concerned because I've spoke to a lot of footballers who have had the pleasure of spending time with you both um, over the last few years, and you know they've they've got a few stories about you which they never put on the mic, but they always say, "Oh man, Steve and Jonah." So maybe we'll we'll get to the bottom of that in this. So I think first of all because. We've got various things to do in this episode, and you've insisted that you'll only come on this if you can take each other on in a game <laughs> a bit later on. Um, I think Steve wants to humiliate Jonah on the pod. I think that's his... It might be the other way around, to be fair. Okay, well, I think Jonah might be trying to humiliate... Someone's trying to humiliate someone. Um, we'll find out who that will be later. But I think the point here is we want to myth-bust the term kit man. When I was young, 
it was Eddie Buckley, who was your old school, literally, um, kit man, who just did the the bits and pieces and he, he fit the bill. But the world is a different place now. And I remember watching those sort of Amazon and Netflix documentaries and especially the Manchester City one, the kit staff really played a major part in this. But the first question is, it's just about cleaning pants, isn't it, Steve? <laughs> yeah, that is one of the things we have to do. <laughs> one of many jobs <laughs> yeah and maybe a couple of years ago when I was doing this podcast I would now list off all the sort of gossipy stuff like who has the dirtiest pants and socks but we're not going to do that we're going to we're going to respect it but you can tell me off Mike um so I mean first of all what is the day-to-day of your job we'll start with Steve and then we'll move to Jonah okay so we'll get in Jonah usually gets in a bit earlier than me because he's Swindon based um, we'll get in about half six, seven in the morning, load the van up with everything, take it to Beversbrook, uh, the training ground, set it all up, um, all the kit for the players in their spaces. Then once that's done, we'll go out to the pitch and sort out all the equipment for training, uh, have it all ready so that when the coaches come out, they can set up their sessions. Uh, while they're setting up, we'll either help them if they request it or we'll go back in. Um, Steve and then, have, a, have a coffee for two hours. Yeah, coffee for two hours, yeah. Um as the players are coming in, we'll just, if they need anything, we'll be there for them. Um, yeah, and then we'll have a bit of breakfast with them and then they'll go out to training and we'll do a bit of tidying up and then go out to the training pitch to help out wherever we needed there, really. Yeah. So, jo- so, so Jonah, when, when when Steve's having his coffee for two hours, what are you doing? <laughs> Running around for everyone. No, I'm joking. I'm usually having a coffee with him, to be fair. <laughs> usually usually come about nine o'clock, we're, we're dying for a coffee after about three hours of work. Um, so, so on a day-to-day, so the day starts early, half six, seven. What what time does it usually end for you guys? Most, like some days are different really, but on a normal day, you're talking between half five and half six. Um, by the time we got back from the training ground and washed everything, sorted everything for the next day, usually we get to about, six o'clock six thirty and we go right let's just leave this and finish it in the morning then you go in in the morning you're going oh I wish we finished this last night <laughs> um so yeah <laughs> usually around that time yeah and I imagine this is quite a busy time now for you guys given you know we were going to do these episodes earlier in pre-season this was going to be our pre-season schedule in a previous life wasn't it we were going to just chew the fat on a weekly basis and then something happened with Swindon Town not quite sure what a few things um, something didn't happen <laughs> a few things made a few things um didn't didn't happen and made life very very difficult for you guys um so I mean we're just approaching at time recording the first game of the season and for you guys, you're usually, you probably have the kits already um, with plenty of notice, but I mean, the situation as it stands, Steve, I mean, is it the stock in now and, and you have to do all the, uh, the additional tasks? Yeah, so everything's in, um, but to get it all in, we had to speak very nicely to Puma. Um, they sent it in, but there was no sponsors, none of that stuff on it. Cause obviously that wasn't all, all organized prior to, the kit coming in so that's currently being printed as we talk um yeah so we're trying to get everything ready two three days before the first game just because we've had two weeks two and a half weeks to get everything done um and it's it's a bit of a nightmare but we'll get there like we always do 
Are there any issues at the moment with uh, with squad numbers or anyone arguing over the number 18 or anything like that? Uh, there was going to be, but one of the two people that wanted the number has recently left the club, so that's not a problem anymore. Um, and I think the manager is now taking on the mantle of sorting out squad numbers. So that's something that we've done previously because previous managers wanted it. This manager wants to take control of that, so he's going to take that and then let us know the squad numbers today, hopefully, so that we can crack on and print all the names and numbers on the back of the shirts, really. Have you had any over the years? How long, how long have you been doing this, Steve? Uh, I've been there since January 2019 as Kitman. So, so since January 2019, how how awkward have the conversations been about shirt numbers? Um, there's been a couple where players have wanted numbers and they're already gone or... The manager said that he wants a certain player to have a certain number. Um, and then somebody else has requested it. And I'm like, well, you'll have to go and speak to the gaffer because <laughs> he's saying he wants him to have it. So, you know, we've we've set up those conversations. And yeah, it, it, sometimes it's awkward, but most of the time it's fine because people just respect that other people want particular numbers. Yeah. Jonah, both you and Steve are Swindon fans. And yeah. you're right in the thick of all of this. Is that, for want of a better phrase here, is that weird? To be fair, to, to start with when, well, obviously me and Steve started right at, the, right at the same point and you're sort of, you're going in on a daily basis and you're walking into Michael Doughty and you're going, this is weird. <laughs> this, this is weird. After like watching them, watching them play. I mean, as time, time's gone on, it's, obviously it's still... It's still a bit surreal, but as time has gone on, this a bit you're a bit more used to it. But it is hard when when things aren't going too well and results aren't aren't going the way the way you want. It is hard to stay very regimented just to your job. Steve probably knows what I mean by yeah, by that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is hard. So, Steve, have you ever tried? Have you ever wanted to tell a player to buck their ideas up because you d- they're doing your head in because you want to win every week? Oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe a couple of times. But you know what? What we've got to always remember is that we're there to support them, and that they are always trying their best. Yeah. They, they, a player never walks on the pitch and says, "I'm not going to bother today." So we've always got to keep that in our head, and then when they come in the changing room at halftime, if if you're losing and a player hasn't played particularly well, you've got to be the one that's there trying to pick them up and trying to yeah. lift up spirits. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll play a bit better second half. You've got to kind of take your fan head off and um, yeah, be a little bit more just kind of, um, yeah, supportive and just, just be there, you know, as a support mechanism for that player at that moment. Going back to the the troublesome summer and I'm not, you know, demanding that you give me the full sort of guided tour of how bad that was but I mean a lot of the players get the players who remained get a lot of praise obviously Mildenhall and Lee Peacock got a lot of praise but you know a lot of support staff and a lot of office staff stuck around during that that really really awful month where you guys were working for free but for you too it was even worse because you know we were playing in 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 training gear at one stage. So you, you had to arrange accordingly in that respect. How more difficult was it for you guys during that month where everything just fell apart within the club? 
it was it was so hard just just not knowing every day walking in every day and not knowing what to expect I mean it's Swindon Town so it's always been like that you always sort of go in and something's always going on but this was next level just sort of going in not knowing like well we we met the new manager John McGrill twice literally went in the next day and he was he was gone so literally just not knowing what players were going to still be there what kit like for us for our sake what kit we we're going to be wearing we literally had no communication at all so it was just what it was really really weird yeah and 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 steve it, it was a case that you know training got delayed several times but you guys still had to prep accordingly right yeah well, we went in uh, the first time we were meant to start pre-season and set everything up had it all ready to go the next morning and then we were told Oh, it's delayed till Thursday. So then we waited a bit longer and then we set it up on the Wednesday and then that was delayed until Monday. So we went back in on the Sunday and set everything up again for the Monday and finally it happened. The first time, the, the, the first time it happened, we were sort of like, oh, I have a few days off. And then, but once it was the second or third time, you were going, oh, I don't want any more time off. I'm worried now. I want, I want things to go back to normal. And, you know, it was nobody's fault that was there um it was just obviously we were ready to go for the monday and then your ceo your manager your assistant manager a player leaves the club and so mildy's just dropped in it on the friday afternoon and you know he's had to push it back just so that we can reorganize and reassess and see where we are so it wasn't anybody in the building's fault at the time it was just the way it was and we just had to adapt and and get around what we needed to get around, really. Yeah. 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 In terms of your role, I mean, as you said, you know, you are you are asked to do other stuff based on, on what they need. And how much different, because you, you both came in during the Richie Wellens tenure and then obviously after that it was Sheridan, then briefly, you know, McGreal and now it's Ben Garner. How how much does your role change with the change of managers? It doesn't it doesn't really change at all, really. I mean, you have to spend a little bit of time the first couple of weeks to get to know each other and see how each other work. But in terms of the way people have done stuff, obviously the way they the training is different, the schedule is different. But as long as you just get on with your job and they've got everything they need, really, it doesn't change too much as long as as long as they're happy with and got no complaints for what you're doing, it doesn't really change. Would you agree, Steve? Uh, the only thing that would that, that changes is maybe the match day routine, mm. um, possibly, you know, the training sessions, what we're asked to do within the training sessions. So, for yeah. example, previously we've been setting sessions up, clearing them down, um, you know, and just getting everything out for the coaches and, now the new coaches are in. They like to do everything themselves. They like to get their own mannequins and poles and cones. Uh, we put it out ready for them, but then they set everything up. They like to clear their, clear their own stuff down, um, which makes our life much easier because we can get everything packed away quicker. Because it's not and just have a coffee. And have a coffee. <laughs> Jonah, how, how much more difficult has your job been during like the COVID time as well? Yeah, last year, like especially right at the start, of coming back for last season. Obviously, me and Steve were having to wear gloves, PPE, and 
every every bit of equipment that was used we had to wipe down and every you had to literally wipe down everything obviously testing a couple of times a week everything like it's already long enough as it is the day-to-day job but it just made everything so much longer and obviously like the changing rooms at the at the state at the home ground county ground we were having to put half of the team in the um change room and half in the gym so it was just splitting stuff like that and getting to other grounds and you were in a you were in a school computer suite <laughs> like for example at Plymouth we were in a computer suite and you're going in it's just it's so weird because it doesn't feel like a like a changing room there were so many weird ones last year Ipswich we were up about four flights of stairs me and Steve well Steve was in a lift with the, with the metal skips and it took about 45 minutes it would have been impossible to do it on his own but just all going to all the different changing rooms was just a nightmare last year it just made everything so much harder and the weirdest bit was that some clubs allowed you to just use the changing room and then other yeah. clubs would use it as a way to like almost put the team off and make things a bit more difficult yeah <laughs> which, is, which was a bit weird for example in the what gillingham you literally couldn't move in that we had 20 people probably in the size of my bedroom it was that small <laughs> I love the idea of the kickoff being delayed at Plymouth or something because uh, one of the guys just wanted to check their email before uh, before going out there. <laughs> yeah, it was weird that one. It was really weird. <laughs> so, Steve, what is what is the relationship between the players and you guys like? So, I mean, I can imagine, I mean, I couldn't cope in the football industry because I'm a sensitive soul. I could not deal with like 24 seven mocking. I'd just curl up and, uh, and weep in the corner of the kit room. Is that what it's like essentially? No, I mean, <laughs> there's banter flies around usually between the staff more so than the players, to be honest. Jonah's usually trying to win some cheap points somewhere. Um, but no, it's fine. Like, we, we we all get on. You you kind of work with each person a bit differently, depending on their personality. Um, there's a bit of banter flows around, of course there is. Um, but you have to figure out which ones can take it and which ones can't, you know? Yeah. And, and they, they're very happy to give it back. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's a bit of fun, really. Going back to what you just said there about hiding in the kit room, that brings me back to the first couple of months in the job when we used to lose I used to hide in a little room <laughs> hide in a little room in the corner when we lost and just sit there for about an hour and Steve would be like are you right?" <laughs> okay we need to know non you know not including current players who uh who were the liveliest um, people within behind the scenes that you worked with and who were the less so come on be honest let's name Gary, and shame Gary Yates liveliest by a long long way Oh, I'd, I'd agree with that. As simple as that. Brilliant around the changing room. Absolutely brilliant. Um, quietest. Oh. Know, I'll let you take that one. What I think. <sighs> quietest. Not many people have been like we've had we've had a lot of characters, haven't we? We certainly have. There's not been many where I mean a lot of players might think other players are quieter, but you you've just got to speak to people. I mean, we and Steve speak to everyone, so we don't really see anyone as stand out quiet because we get to know everyone. Whereas a lot of people don't get to know people and they go, oh, they're quiet. 
So, so who rivals Jerry Yates in, in, within that side of the spectrum? I mean, Granty's up there. Yeah, Just because Granty's Granty. And... <laughs> Granty um, is Granty. Who else? Kane Woodery was Kane Woodery was a character. Certainly, what, uh, whatever the result, what, whatever the result. Kyle Bennett, Kyle Bennett's another one. He's right yeah. up there. He's funny. And why? What what makes uh, him funny? Just a bit bit crazy. It was just all yeah, past him, like, weird sounds, and you're like, "What are you doing? Are you all right?" Um, <laughs> he, was, oh, he, he did a thing with his boots where he would take the pair of boots that he wasn't wearing that day, fill them with boiling water, put them in the corner in the kit room, and leave them for the day. Never touch them again. <laughs> and that was it. It was the strangest thing. I don't know why. <laughs> But he, he, he was he was a good character. He was brilliant. A weird one, but <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he would never wear the boots again. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, touch he just... I don't think he ever wore them. Did he, Jonah? No, I think they had some tadpole growing them. They were just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> how how are you guys feeling ahead of the new, new regimes come in? Everyone outside of the club is feeling great. Is that is that the feeling within at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's really positive. It's just from from day one, everyone come in, everybody knew what they were doing, and it just everyone seemed to got on get on so far. Everyone like from the old regime go, and everyone from the new regimes really just mixed together. I think everyone that was there before has come closer, and I think everyone just seemed to get on really well. The way I've seen it. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point that you put there. And Steve might be able to elaborate the fact that you haven't, because you kind of, I guess, those who were in that month might have formed that sort of clique, that sort of safety net of a uh, of friendship, but everyone's sort of interacting with, with each other, which is good to hear. I feel like um, we all just wanted it to happen. Do you know what I mean? I think I think we were in a situation where as long as the people coming in you know, supported the people that were already there. And then we would return that support. Um, I think I think that was all that was needed, really. And then the first day, when they come in, they walk around the club, they meet you, they're having a little tour. Um, they're thanking you for your hard work and for the time that you've spent, you know, in but not getting paid. Um, telling you how it's going to move forward. And then within a few days, I'm saying things like, we need some kit. 24 hours later, it turns up. Yeah. You know, you, you can only take people on face value and look at what's happened since, well, within the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be that if you need something, you get it, you know, and, and moving forward, I feel like it's just a more positive environment. And everybody's, I think everybody's got the club's best, you know, best thoughts at heart. Um, yeah. Because we're all just trying to achieve the same thing. So, I don't think it matters if you're from before, if you're from, if you're new. I think everyone's just trying to pull the same way and and achieve something at the club, you know. Yeah, I think you... everyone wants the same, don't they? Which is what you need for a football football club. Yeah. Do you guys have a uh, shopping list for the uh, the new owners of stuff that you would like if uh, if, if if you could <laughs> to make your jobs easier? It's already in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, as fans, again, 
how are you how are you feeling about the season ahead? Because I mean, we're going to talk about it in the podcast, you know, for the next couple of episodes of, you know, everything's looking up. The sort of signings that we're making are positive, but it feels like, and this is why I ask you guys this question. It feels like we're about six weeks behind. Really, if we're if, you know round about that, is six weeks about right, or really does it matter? I think maybe one or two, um, but I think what we've what what obviously Ben Chorley's done really really well in you know not that my opinion matters, but it, for as a fan, like it it seems as though we've got quality coming through the door, not just quantity, which maybe we've seen before. Previous seasons we've had six, seven, eight trialists. Yeah. One gets a deal, you know. Out of six, seven, eight, you find Lloyd Isgrove but the five or six others fall away. Um, whereas this year, I feel like virtually everyone that's come in has been a, a really good standard. Yeah, I think they're actually really thinking about the people that they're bringing in as well. I think they're thinking, I think they're thinking more long term. I think they're they're not just signing people for the sake of it, which is I think's happened in years before Swindon. If yeah. that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm feeling positive about the season. I think. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the club have come out with the line of, you know, if we stay up, then that's an achievement because of the situation we're in. But, you know, as a fan and as someone who sees it, you'd like to think maybe we could do a little bit better than just staying up. I mean, obviously, staying up is where we need to be because you you couldn't possibly think that we could do better and then just fall away. Um but I don't know, I, you know, there's some quality coming through the door from what we've seen. And I think the boys that we kept, the lads that we kept are good quality players. You know, when you when you look through and you see people like Rob Hunt still there and, and you see, see Frenchie still there and you see Dion still there. Um, it, it's a good quality people that have stuck around. Does, does Hunty come alive a bit more behind the scenes? Because he's such a quiet person. When I when I spoke to him at, at the live show, he was so <laughs> it was not his comfort zone, shall we say? I've never seen someone uh, want to disappear more than when I when I spoke to him. It, but huge fan of Rob Hunt, I am, um, and I think he's one of the the players that had no intention in on leaving either. He is, he is a lot louder around the group, I'd say. Good to hear. So, so what, what he comes across, obviously I listened to his pod, pod on here. He, he's not the loudest, let's be honest, but he, he is definitely, especially when he's been around people a lot more, he, he does come alive. He's a good character. I agree. And he spent a lot of time with Jerry Yates in that first season. Yeah. I think they were, they were sharing a house and they were obviously rooming together on away days and stuff. And yeah, he, he's a kind of room upside down. Dipping our room upside down. <laughs> uh, see, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. No, I couldn't be dealing with that. Couldn't be dealing with that at all. I'll tell you that one. So, New Year's Eve, we got Plymouth away. Or was it New Year's Day, Jonah? I don't know. Uh, New Year, anyway. Um, we got Plymouth away, and we're in a hotel. Obviously, it's New Year. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's no people anywhere. There's a party going on in the other side of the hotel. So we all sat around, did a little quiz as staff, got back to our room and the door's open. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Jonah, did you leave the door open? No, Steve, I didn't leave the door open. Right, okay. <laughs> so we get in there and everything's upside down. 
our beds were stood up against the wall. The telly was upside down. The chair was upside. Everything was upside down. We just spent some money on some nice drink to celebrate New Year's, didn't we? Yeah. And then Certainly. walk into that. <laughs> oh, we, we got them back. We got them back. We found out who it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, we think we know anyway. <laughs> we're pretty sure we know. And and those players were out with uh, with hamstring injuries for a few weeks as a result of your revenge. Is that is that what we're saying? Was it brute force that you did? All I'll say is they had wet feet. <laughs> Something with a bucket on a door. Oh, <laughs> old school! Look at that yeah. traditionalists we have here. <laughs> yeah, we don't mess around. <laughs> no, no. Any, any more? Any more away day moments of skullduggery and pranks? I've got. I've got a training day, just uh, done, a, done it a few times. Just last turning up to training last year, um, obviously we didn't have, have changing rooms because of the COVID situation. So lads were coming up to us and giving us their phones and car keys and whatnot. So when they were giving us our, their car keys, we thought, well, we thought it'd be funny to just move a couple of their cars. So I think I've done it a couple of times where I just got in Johnny Smith's car and just drove it to the other side of the car park so that after training, when he came out, he had no idea where it was. But just little stuff like that. Just has, little stuff like that. Has it ever gone wrong, though? Has anyone ever gone absolutely ballistic over such sort of small pranking? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so, really. It's just little things every day, like moving people's trainers or putting the wrong... Like an odd pair of boots out, and just someone you might get French. You go, "Oi, come on!" <laughs> Training starts in a minute. Training starts in a minute. What are you doing? Like, I might get a little bit, a bit annoyed, but not to the extent where it's like shouting and pushing and whatnot. Steve, have you ever felt the wrath of a player due to hijinks? No. Too no. much respect. <laughs> it's usually Jonah, anyway. <laughs> I'm way too old for that. It is a strange one. Strangest thing that a player has ever asked for is Dion Conroy. Every game, he comes to me with his shirt and he gets me to cut the hem off the bottom of the shirt. I have no idea why. He just comes to me with a pair of scissors and goes, can you just cut a quarter of an inch off the bottom of the shirt? With him in his shirt, trim all the way around it. And then he goes, cheers, mate. Thanks very much. And then he goes and plays again. I don't know. Those Puma shirts need a little bit of breathing space, don't they? If you think you're a large, you're not. And if you think you're an extra large, you're not, et cetera, et cetera. It's not, it's never a morale, a morale, a confidence moment, a confident moment when you put on one of those Puma shirts, is it? That's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I once went to a stag party where they sort of had to we had to wear these sort of they were Bristol Rover shirts because the stag was a Bristol City fan, you know, wacky fun. And I got mine and it was a medium. And I gotta be honest with you, I am not a medium. So I had to wear mine like a poncho. I had to cut the sides <laughs> and wear a hoodie. It wasn't a great moment for me if I'm if I'm honest, but I don't know why I'm sharing that. And you're wearing a Bristol Rovers shirt, which isn't a good moment for anyone. No, yeah. no. And we said, oh, we get to we get to see Brett again. Brett, 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 yeah. Brett, Brett Pittman. Oh. I, I, I can guarantee you that he will be wearing a medium. Because <laughs> <laughs> he chooses to wear a medium instead of a large for some reason. Hey, confidence is, is, a, is a mighty thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, we know it's score against us. Oh, of course. 
of course. That's just a given. Um, that that will be fun. Would it be fun, Jonah? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> what are the what are the Thank players? You. What are the players like when they return? Do they do they say hello, etc. When 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 they come back, or do they look at you like who are you? In terms of us two, we every time we see a player, or we we're a bit weird. We collect we collect shirts and whatnot. We've got them all in the kit room, so they usually give them us their shirt, and we have a little conversation with them. I don't think there's really any any player that's left. And then we've seen at a different club after this being not all right with us. We usually have a little little chat and. Yeah, see how they're doing. See, see them doing better. I've got to be honest, Jonah. If, you, if you're saying collecting shirts is, is weird, you've just disrespected about 65% of the podcast listenership. <laughs> wow, we, we collect all these. We, some people go, why are you getting a, why are you getting an Ipswich Wolfenden shirt? And we're like, because we want one. Because it's Wolfie. <laughs> and we both love collecting sh- weird shirts and whatnot. You're not weird, people. <laughs> You're not weird people. Hi, this is Jan Fjortoft, and welcome, and I'm on Loath Strangers. But it's so hard for Norwegian. Love Strangers. Okay, so I have thoroughly enjoyed this chat. A very brief one, and this was always going to be a pilot, a demo, and we will get you in. We will get you on again at some point, maybe fielding uh, listeners' questions, because I'm sure they'll like to see, they'd like to hear more skullduggery, mischief. Again, as I said at the start of this episode, one of the, one of the demands I got from you guys was that we were going to quiz. And quiz we shall. And you wanted to do the same quizzes as we do around about Christmas and New Year when we're, when we're sort of pre-recording our content. So we're going to do that. Um, we've got one of the uh, lineup quizzes to play, and we've got a few of the career games. So I don't know what your skill sets are in Swindon Town knowledge. Steve, are you a confident uh, historian of Swindon Town? Um, there's maybe two years where I'm really not not there or thereabouts. Name but those years. From about 20, I think 20... 15 onwards, after the playoff defeat to Preston, I became a little bit disillusioned with the place. Okay, (laughs) okay. Well, 2015-16, barely anyone remembers. So we're definitely using that season. Uh, Jonah, where are you? Are you a, uh, are you a font of knowledge? Yeah, but I'm scared now. Um, I'm I'm more lower than Steve, I'll say that. I didn't miss two years. Oh, (laughs) wow. Okay, okay. Well, I can I can already sense <laughs> the competitiveness of these two, so um, we won't we won't waste any more time. So, which one do you want to do first? Do you want to do the lineup, or do you want to do the players' careers? You pick, Jonah. Players' careers. Players' careers. Okay, then. So, <clears throat> I have selected six players from Swindon Town's more recent history, from the twenty first century. And I am going to list their playing career, but I am not going to tell you if they were a loan or a permanent. So I'm just going to list the clubs they played for and you need to guess which one. Now, we'll do it in the sense that Jonah will pick a number between one and six and I will select the player at that number. I don't know your skill set. So if you pick a really hard one, 
that's not my fault. If it's really easy, the other person can't tell me off and say, oh, that one was much easier than mine. It's completely <laughs> at random. So I'm going to list the teams and that person who selects a number will try and guess the player. So for example, if it was Louis Thompson, I would say Swindon Town, Norwich, Swindon, MK Dons, you know, things like that. And then you would go, that's Louis Thompson. Okay. So Jonah, you can go first. I'll go for Dion Conroy, number four. You're going for number four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so your player's career is as thus. Brentford, Boreham Wood, Northampton Town, Dagenham and Redbridge, Ginningham, Swindon Town, Colchester United, or Stevenage. And Stevenage, I should say. Luke Norris. Look at that straight away. Luke Morris <laughs> is the correct answer. 1-0 to Jonah. It was the latter part of the career that did that, wasn't it? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> even know he played for Brentford, so I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Steve, did you know that one? I was thinking Alex Ravel, to be honest. Ooh, okay. So you've got one, two, three, five, and six to go for. Steve, which one are you going for? I'll go with number one. Number, number, number one. Dundee United, Brecon City, Plymouth Argyle, Kidderminster Harriers, Rochdale, Swindon Town, Bournemouth, Torquay United, Mansfield Town, Southend United, Bishop Stortford, Basildon United, and Victoria Highlanders. Oh my days. No, <laughs> I actually have no idea. No idea. Jonah, do you know? Uh, so, oh my God. Now the buzzer's there's no there's no extra points. Don't worry, Steve. It's, relax. It's, it's those last. It was those last few clubs. I've got no idea. That... I wonder if anyone else knew. It was Blair Sturrock. Blair Sturrock. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Steve is fuming. Okay, um, Jonah, you have two, three, five, and six to choose from. I'll go number six. Number six. Redhill, Maidstone United, Tamworth, Maidstone United, Stafford Rangers, Bolton Wanderers, Notts County, Wigan Athletic, Forest Green Rovers, Swindon Town, Tramier Rovers, Motherwell. Kane Woodery. Look at that. Look at Steve Spuman. <laughs> you can't see this, but he is livid. He is livid. But, yep, 2-0 Jonah. <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, Steve, anything to say in, in your defence of being 2-0 down? No, just these are two easy ones. There you go. I tried to prevent no, that, but... Well, you, didn't know the, you didn't know it anyway, did you? I didn't know Kane Woolery. Are you sure? <laughs> no, the Luke Norris. No, I thought it was Alshaba. Anyway, <laughs> okay. number two. <laughs> number two. Sunderland. Swindon Town, Darlington, Durham City, Concert, Sunderland Rye Hope Community Association, Jarrow Roofing, Esh Winning, and Bead Lodge Social Club. Wow. I don't... Um, what were the ones around Swindon? So it's Sunderland, Swindon Town, Darlington, and then into non-league. 
I don't know. No, I'm going to have to pass again. I, 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 I don't know that one either. I'll give you a clue. Are you, are you going to allow me to give Steve a clue? Oh, go on then. He needs something. Okay. Doesn't he? I know. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I'll give you a clue. Andy King era. Yeah, I know. I was thinking um, <sighs> Michael Reddy. No, it's, no. Dave, it's David Duke. Of course it is. David Duke. Over 200 appearances for Swindon, in fairness. So, um, <laughs> and I was, and when we, when we prepped this, I was told 2000s onwards. So this is, this is fair game. But yes, you did pick the two hardest ones there, Steve. Hard luck. Okay, so we've got three and five left. Jonah, what are you going for? I'll go for number three, please. Number three, Blackburn Rovers, Livingston, Swindon Town. Bradford City, Cheltenham Town. Rafael De Vita. Look at that. He knows him. <laughs> I don't... He actually knows the guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... This is this is this is embarrassing. Well, I mean, I don't know Jonah's private life, um, so I can again. I can only apologise. But Steve, to prevent the whitewash. Um, for this round, it's number five Watford, Barnet, Crew Alexandra, Swindon Town, Norwich City, Milton Keynes Dons, Wickham Wanderers, Macclesfield Town, Aldershot Town, Woking. That's really hard. That one, on without without knowing what it's what's alone and not. Oh, so he's alone. No, no, he's not alone, but not knowing it within his career. Oh, okay. All these players played enough times for Swindon. It's not like, oh, you only played three times. Jonah, What's going on? Pardon? Do you know it? Jonah, do you know it? Oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, you, you definitely picked the hardest one, Steve. It's, it's remarkable. <laughs> remarkable form. Oh, no. Go on. The key thing, before, before you give up, the key thing is Swindon Town to Norwich. I'm trying to think who... <sighs> I don't know. No, I don't know. It's Anthony McNamee. Oh. And the Watford bit. The Watford bit as well. Look <laughs> at that. This is what happens when you give up on Swindon for a couple of years. All the knowledge disappears. Yeah, McNamee is not when I gave up on Swindon. <laughs> no, but it was after. So, you know, all that lovely knowledge just disappears because we lost a playoff final 4-0 to Preston North End. And it was a thoroughly dis disappointing day, wasn't it? Okay, so we're going to have one more. And there's plenty of points on show for this one, potentially, um, because it's the lineup. Now, I'm only going to accept the players who played in the game. So that's the starting 11 and the used substitutes. So unused substitutes will not count. Um, I'm not going to, you know, if you get one wrong, we'll just pass on to the next one and that person can accumulate more points. So there's no sort of lives that we usually do at this stage when we play this over New Year. So the game, you're going to love this, Steve. <laughs> It's from November 2015, <laughs> which is when you started to uh, feel disillusioned with Swindon Town Football Club. Swindon Town 2, Scunthorpe United 1, November 14, 2015. All I, Steve, will, you'll be starting. All you need to do is name somebody that you think played in that game. Just one person, and then we go to Jonah. Your first guess. 
I'm going to go Wes Fodringham, but... Wes Fodringham had already left the team by then. Um, not a good day for you, Steve. Jonah, you'll go. I'll go straight in and just go with what was replaced by what Steve just said. And I'll go with Vigoru. Lawrence Vigoru is correct. So one point to Jonah. Steve, you'll go. Luke Norris. Luke Norris is incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Jonah, you're next. I remember this game. It was the first game of the season, wasn't it? No, it was in November, Jonah. It was. Oh, wasn't it? No, that was oh, a different. That was a different one. That was the Jerry Yates away, wasn't it? Opening day of the season last time. I'm sure we played them at home one time as well. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, playing them all the time. Um, I'm gonna go Kasim. Yasser Kasim is incorrect. He did not play in this game. Steve, give me a name. Anton Rogers. Anton Rogers is correct. Steve has a point. His first point is now 4-1. The comeback starts here. Jonah. I'm going to go Bradley Barry. Bradley Barry is correct. Bradley Barry did indeed start that game. Lovely. Steve. Now we're Nathan. Nathan Thompson is incorrect. He did not play in that game. Jonah. I'm going to go Branco. Rossi Branco. Raphael of Rossi Branco not only played in that game, but he also scored. So correct. Very good. Steve. Nicky <laughs> uh, Jose. Nikia Jose also scored in that game. Well done. That is a point for Steve. Nice. Jonah. I'm trying to think now. We played up front with him. Am I right in saying Ben Gladwin? Did he come back on loan? Ben Gladwin is correct. He did play. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was Steve's next one, but it can't be now. Um, what have you got? Louis Thompson? Louis Thompson, I think, probably turned up on loan during that year, but he didn't play in that game. Uh, just If you could only see the face of Steve Hooper right now, and the face of Jonah, to be honest, because he's absolutely elated. What have you got next? I'm going to throw one out there and say... Nathan D'Alfonso? No, no Nathan Del... Was it D'Alfonso or D'Alfonso? I never knew the pronunciation. Whatever. Whatever. It's it's not right either way. So, no, unfortunately not. Steve, do you have any more? Uh, I don't know. Are we going to concede? Someone like Liam Rydalsh? Oh, he's two, 2012. He's 2011 on loan. Oh, man. That's the Canio era. I didn't watch the season at all, so I'm guessing. Oh. I was at this game, but it's just thinking. I was at this game. I mean, I was at a game in 1992. It doesn't mean I remember the starting lineup. Probably do, actually. It was very easy yeah. back then, but. Uh... 
It was the same team every week, basically. Well, so that's probably not the base. Center backs now. It's deliberately tricky. Deliberately tricky. I didn't realize that Steve had abandoned the club ruthlessly in a sulk in 2015. That's the problem. I was, I was working at another club and I couldn't be there on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Deary, deary me. I, I can't think now. Shall we shall we call it there? Was this is this well, I mean yeah, I've been embarrassed enough, I think. Okay, we'll call it we'll call it there. So Jonah in that round got one, two, three, four to Steve's two, which means what was that? Seven two victory then overall. Yeah. Um so Jonah wins the eleven players who started that game against Gunthorpe was Lawrence Vigaru, Jordan Turnbull, uh, oh. Rafael Rossa, uh, Rossi Branco. Adam L. Abt, there's one for the oh, memories. He wasn't um, that long, was he? No, he was not. Brandon Ormond Ottawill, Drissa Traore, then Brad Barry, Ben Gladwin, Anton Rogers, and the, and the centre forward Jonah couldn't think of was John Obika, who partnered oh. Nikki Jose up front. The two substitutes that we used that day were those Swindertown legends, Wes Thomas and Fabian Robert. There you go, oh. gentlemen. At least it was nice and easy. Hey, I don't know the skill sets. I don't know the skill sets. You were both keen, I thought. Well played, Jonah. There will be a rematch, and I will get messages from both saying, "You do these seasons next time. Um, <laughs> but that was really, really fun. Uh, guys, thank you very much. We'll get you back on at some crazy window opportunity, because I'm more than sure over the season... It will be most tricky. Uh, we'll get you on a Friday evening um, before a match day um, in a hotel room or something like that. But guys, thank you very much. If it's not upside down. <laughs> if it's not upside down. <laughs> thank you, chaps. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, Rich. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. <laughs>